What's up, everybody? It is Casey with the Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, is the Mordecai to my Rigby. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. I'm in my gym clothes. Just like, great. I'm glad we're doing this early so I can just go over there and get my swole on. Absolutely. And I'm going to not get my swole on. I'll probably eat instead. I mean, I'll eat dinner because I want to have the, you know, before workout food going in my belly. But then it's just pumping iron and hoping I don't throw up. Straight gains. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's dive right into some news. I'm going to start this week for once. Crazy. Because, uh... If, if I don't get this off my chest now, my eyes will actually roll out of my skull. <laughs> so, Tom King's secret new project is revealed. And by the way, my phone auto-corrected that to Tom Kong. <laughs> I saw that, and I didn't want to say anything because I was hoping it was a new writer I hadn't heard about. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Anyway, Tom King's secret new project is a Rorschach comic. And... Tom, you're not Alan Moore. You're not. Just stop it. You know, his, what What was it? Heroes or whatever. He did the, the nine panel format like Alan Moore did. Yeah. You know, everything's depressing. Now he's doing Rorschach. This book doesn't need to be made. Nope. But it's a cash um, grab. It is. All of Tom King's fanboys are going to rush out and grab it and say it's the best thing since Alan Moore, even though it's not going to be. And I know that because I talked to some of his biggest fanboys at my store throughout the week, just getting their opinions on it. And not one person thought that it was a bad idea. So I guess I'm in the minority and I should just stop complaining. (laughs) But I don't think it's going to be good. It takes place like, I don't know, it's like 12 plus years after Rorschach dies. Spoiler alert if you haven't read a 30-year-old story called Watchmen. Or watch the movie. Um, or watch the movie. But uh, Jorge Fornes is on the art. Um, so yeah, I guess it's supposed to be kind of not a book about him, but the effect he had on the world or something. But you can bet there's going to be some depression in it. Yeah, I'm. I saw this and I was really mad that you scooped me on it because I like it was a two hours after it was tweeted. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this, and then I get on the notes and you already put it in there. I'm like, darn it! But um, <laughs> yeah, no, like I'm not. See, I'm kind of. I don't like. I just don't care. Like it's like between like not caring and kind of being angry. But I'm not a big enough Alan sure. Moore fan to like. I don't like Watchmen. Like I read that too late in my comic book reading stuff. Like I read stuff that came after that did those things better in my opinion. So when I finally read Watchmen, I'm like, this is just boring. And so I just wasn't too hot on it. And so like the characters in it aren't sacred to me. Like they are to some people, you know? So absolutely. So like Plus all the characters are ripoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, I wouldn't say ripoffs They're reimaginings. And then he, cause Alan Moore wanted to use, you know, question yeah. Blue Beetle, Captain Adam, but then DC's like, "Whoa, you gonna do all this stuff to him? We can't keep using them. Make up, make up your own." And you know that. So, but yeah, so, right. like none of those characters were sacred to me, and so I don't. 
I'm, I'm just left not caring. Like it's another one of those things where I already can tell you it's going to have this nice high concept. Cause that's a very Tom King thing. And it's like, it's something that could easily get excited about because he, he does have these really great concepts, but he's just not a strong enough writer to make them work. And that's something I'm going to be talking about when I talk about strange adventures, he's just not a good writer, but he does have good ideas. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't wait to discuss that issue. I read it too. But anyway, I will stop complaining about that book that's upcoming. But hey, if you're a customer and you want it, let me know. And <laughs> Happy he, to pull it for you. <laughs> and, and odds are, if you know, you're a customer of his, buy it anyway, because it'll probably be worth something a couple years from now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So on the movie side of things, uh, all locations are going to be scrapped from the Matt Reeves Batman, and they're going to just kind of do everything else that they haven't filmed in studio, which I think could be really cool. I like it when they, you know, actually make the stuff in studio. I think that stuff always looks really, really cool. Yeah. So can't be can't be too bad. I agree. Probably. Probably some like Gotham City. Uh, you know, sets being built, if I had to imagine. Yeah. And, and I, to me, like, I think that's the best way to get the darkness and, you know, the Gothic architecture and everything that you would kind of expect from Gotham would be doing it in studio versus just trying to get Chicago or New York to look like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's one thing that kind of took me out of Dark Knight was like, there's parts where he's driving and I'm like, I think I've been on that road before. Like it's neat to see, <laughs> but you know, it's right. not Gotham. Yeah. Um, my one piece of movie, well, kind of movie news reports say that Hayden Christensen has signed on to be in the Kenobi show. I read that. Any thoughts on that? I read that. And, I mean, this is 100% just coming off of my love of Star, War, Star Wars prequel memes. But he seems like a fun dude who, you know, like when he was talking about George, you know, George Lucas and like him beating the kids with the stick and George Lucas just filming. And that's how they came up with a scene where they <laughs> killed younglings. I'm like, right. Again, he just seems like a cool dude because of that. But it would be neat to see. And this isn't me. I know you love George Lucas and I respect him, but it'd be neat to see how he can do with a competent director. Like George Lucas is a great, you know, creator, but he clearly can't get the best out of his actors. <laughs> so right. if, you know, he's actually got this really confident director or he's showing the stuff that he can do, it might be good, but I'm just, I'm hyped for the Obi-Wan show. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think it could be cool. I think everyone's going to lose their minds when they see him on screen, you know, For like sure. it's going to be a cool moment whenever we first see him. Yeah. No, it's like um, the, the, you know, so. be, him being away for so long has just made people love him more. It's weird, but that happens with like anything right. They're like, Oh, nostalgia glasses. It's going to be good. And it's like, it wasn't that good <laughs> when it happened. Yeah, I agree. Really quick. How funny would it have been if instead of getting Hayden Christensen, they got the kid from the first one that's in jail now. Yeah, uh, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, if it was him instead. Dude, I, just, I just feel bad for him at this point. I do too, but if they, they just bring him back and he's just like, sup, Obi-Wan? And he's like, what? It's like, <laughs> they called it, and you, 
this is what I call pod racing. Am I right? And that's all he says. <laughs> Stay off of death sticks. It's like a whole anti-drug thing. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so Diana Guerrero, who is in Doom Patrol as Crazy Jane, says her next superhero type role she wants to play is Jessica Cruz. And I really like the I really like the actress just in this. I think she's in Orange is the New Black too. I've not seen that show, so I can't really talk about it. I, she's really good, but I hate the idea of like having Crazy Jane be Jessica Cruz. True, but here's the thing. She is, without a doubt, the best actor or actress on that show because of all the characters mm-hmm. that she has to switch to on a whim. So from that alone, I, I'm i for it. I'm glad you said who she was because even though I love Doom Patrol, I don't recognize the name. But I, I think she looks the part, and I definitely think she could act the part. And one thing, too, to add, on that same post that I read this on, it said that... Uh, she voiced her in some of the anim- in one of the animated movies. I don't know which animated movie Jessica Cruz was in, but she was the voice. That's interesting. I don't know either because I'm way far behind on those, but <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the new Flash creative team was announced. The artist will be Clayton Henry, and the writer is Kevin Shinnick who returns to comic books in the midst of a successful career as a writer, producer, director, and sometimes actor. Uh, You'll know him from shows such as Robot Chicken, Mad, and Disney XD's Spider-Man cartoon. Um, But he's also written some comics before. He wrote Avenging Spider-Man, Superior Carnage, and stories for the uh, Batman 80-page giant. Okay. I mean, I'm willing to give it a shot. I'm willing. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. He... You know, no matter who it was going to be, unless it was, you know, <laughs> on the blacklist, yeah. I, I would definitely check it out. So, And and this is like kind of maybe not the best type of example, but like if you wrote Spider-Man well, I think you can write the Flash well. I know they're a good bit different, especially Barry and, Spy, you know, and Spider-Man, but right. still it's it's to me it like those two characters can be are interchangeable. Like if they ever did a civil war, that would be the character that would be the Spider-Man character, you know? So like I could, I could see them being kind of, kind of similar in that way. Oh man, this is depressing news for me, but NECA, their license for the Godzilla figures is coming to an end mid August. So all the affordable, really nice Godzilla figures that I collect are no longer going to be a thing. And now I have to, either buy the playmates figures to collect or go up to about $80 to, you know, $200 a figure and do the premium Bandai stuff. Yeah. My, uh, my nerd heart aches for you, buddy, because I've seen how expensive those figures get and I'm glad I don't collect them. (laughs) Yeah. It's, uh, not ideal i'll just say that i'm hoping hoping a good uh, another good one picks it up but it'll probably be just announced that playmates will get it for another 30 years <laughs> um i've only got like two more things that if you want to do yeah like I'll, another one or something i'll do a couple more uh this was exciting for you titans will begin production on season three in a month or two 
So I don't know if it's going to go to HBO Max or the DC app or do like a Doom Patrol where it does both, but that could be exciting. Do you have a preference on who the villain would be? Um, not really. I think, well, I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun to bring just more comic booky typed, you know, characters into it. Like maybe, uh, and, and this might be a poor example, but like, you know, mumbo jumbo made for some really fun teen Titans episodes on the show. Yeah. So I wouldn't mind like a magic villain or just something different. I gotcha. Either way. I, I think it's going to be cool because I really like that show. See, I need to, need to give it another try. I just could not get into it with the, I think it was the first episode of the first season. I was just like, man, it's just not doing it for me. Yeah, season two really, really blew me away. Yeah. And and I like the first season a lot too, but the point is like it just kept getting better, I, I gotcha. think. Um, Usagi Yojimbo, is that how you pronounce his name? Because... Think I yeah, think I got I would it. Say it. Think I got it pretty close. Um, they're making a animated series from Netflix, so that should be pretty cool. That's a that's one of those characters where I'm like, I bet this is pretty neat, but it's been around since before I was born, and I think it's been the same writer the whole time, hasn't it? <laughs> so I don't know. It has, yeah. Stanakai, yes. I think, is his name. So I don't know. Don't know if I could actually get into it too well, but you know, that this should be neat. Here's my theory. If Stan is working in some creative fashion on the show, I'll probably watch it either way. But if it is done by him in some capacity, I'll get into it and then want to go back and read some comics probably. Yeah. Or like pick up a trade or two. That's that's what I see happening. Same here. Until I look at the number and be like, there's 10,000. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll there, just there really is. <laughs> I'll just watch it. <laughs> yeah, but hopefully it's good. I think that's exciting for him. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, so Noah Centineo has been cast as Adam Smasher in Black Adam. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I I'm pretty sure I went on this guy's IMDb page, and he is. He plays, I think, Jesus in Fosters, which is a show my girlfriend watched. And if it is that guy, he has the acting ability of like a two by four. So it's not the <laughs> not the best thing. And like a lot of the comments were saying it's like, oh, yeah, this is the this is another one of those guys that Hollywood is just trying to make work. So I'm not uh, I'm like, it's kind of disappointing but maybe maybe they'll they'll do a good job with this. Or I mean at the very least it's like you can put the uh, the least charismatic thing you can think of with the rock and it's still going to be at the very least, you know, passable. True, and it's not like he has to have a big speaking role. I mean, they're going to probably put a mask over him and he'll just be one of Black Adam's cronies or something, yeah. you know? So if he's there for cool fight scenes, I don't know. I just want that movie to be good because I'm just itching for some more DC movies. And I mean, heck, it sounds like most of your favorite JSA characters will be in it too. Exactly. Fingers crossed. (laughs) 
and then um, I'll do I'll do one more, and then I'll let you say, and then I'll do my really sad. We'll end on my really sad news. Okay. Uh, <laughs> American Vampire is making its return for their final chapter in October, so that's pretty exciting. I always liked this book when I read it, but then I kind of fell behind and don't know what the heck's going on right now. So I, you know, pretty cool. I'll probably check it out someday. Yeah, I read the first trade several years ago and thought it was awesome. And Raphael Albuquerque's art is really good. But I didn't read past that. Yeah. Not because it wasn't good or anything. I just didn't. All right. Speaking of comics, uh, Nightwing 75 in October will restore Dick Grayson's memory. And if I could insert clapping and cheering, I would. Because, man, this whole Rick Grayson thing has been happening for way too long. However many issues it's been going on, it's that many issues too many. So uh, I guess he'll be coming back to normal, and supposedly Dan Jurgens is still going to write it when that happens, which makes me happy. So, hey, I'll start reading Nightwing again at 75. That's exciting, man. I just typed, I not typed, but I wrote up on my dry erase board to, in the note, you know, for like notes to at about this time to add in some clapping since we're doing, you know, we're getting this done earlier. I might be able to do some pre-production. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the last bit of news I had is uh, I saw in the solicits for whatever month, I guess it would be October. The Batman is going to meet Batman Beyond and Batman Beyond number 48, all thanks to Booster Gold, but it's not going to be a peaceful meeting. And it shows them sort of like grabbing onto each other like they're throwing punches. So it's written by Dan Jurgens. It's got Booster Gold, Batman Beyond, and Batman. I'm absolutely going to read that. Now I have a question because you read this series and I didn't. But there, that, like, Futures Quest or whatever that happened in D.C., I want to say... Futures End. Futures End, that's it. Didn't they meet in that? Um, not really. Oh, okay. Because I knew Terry was a big part of it, and I knew he, like, I think, spoiler alert, dies, and didn't, like, Tim take the costume for a little bit? That is correct. But Terry was, like mostly on his own or with I'm blanking on the character's name. She's like a, like a minor character, um, who has like magnet powers or something, or maybe electricity powers. But anyway, it, it was mostly that going on. Okay. And but the- Dan created booster gold. Yeah. So, you know, he's going to write it the best and I'm looking forward to that. And then my depressing news Batgirl, Batman and the Outsiders, and Justice League Odyssey are set to end in October. Apparently, my money is no good with DC. Like, this is really depressing. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, like, they're can- going to be canceling a bunch of titles. They're going to do, like, a Marvel thing where, like, DC Metal kind of resets stuff, you know? And then they'll come out with new, new books that are, you know, still kind of the same, but different enough that they can do new number ones and make money. That's what I'm hoping. I I might just be in like denial about it still, but we'll see. 
So I have a few thoughts on that. One, obviously, I'm crushed that Odyssey is ending after we talk about it nearly every episode. Um, two, it's a shame about Batman and the Outsiders because we just talked last week about that writer having all these plans to like flesh out some characters and now he's not going to get to. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing, though. I was thinking with that, too, because you when you were talking about that, you said he was thinking about this as like a season one and then the next one would be season two. So maybe it is going to be, like I said, it's still in denial, but maybe it is. It's like, Oh yeah, it's getting canceled. It's restarting at, you know, my season two or whatever. True. But he also said that he thought of that and, and would do that as long as they let him. So you know, you know, you know, you don't have fingers to, crossed. You don't have to destroy my dreams, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I am a professional cynic, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, another thought, which is piggybacking off your metal thing, and this is a slight spoiler for this week's issue of metal. So close your ears for ten seconds. But the JSA showed up in this issue too. And I'm really hoping that if that, if what you said about DC kind of resetting after metal happens, I hope to God we get a JSA comic. Yeah. Same here, dude. I think we will. And the last thing. Well, yeah, I think we will too. And I, I really wouldn't mind if Scott Snyder wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing since Batgirl is ending. So I've been reading, the the Stephanie Brown Batgirl series, which I think I mentioned last week. And she's a phenomenal Batgirl. And I don't think that they'd let her take over for Barbara again, since Barbara has been the Batgirl of Rebirth. But man, if Batgirl's going to end and they're going to do something new, I really wish they'd let Stephanie come back and be Batgirl. She had a cool costume. She had some great character development. It, it was super fun watching her balance college and being a hero and like getting over just being Tim Drake's girlfriend. Plus her dad's a villain. Like there's so much you can do with that character. And just, she absolutely deserves like more spotlight than what she gets now. Yeah. I remember not a lot of people liking that run. I, I kind of blame it on. She was coming after Cassandra Cain as Batgirl. Cause mm-hmm. Cassandra Cain's amazing. And so like I, that's what I blame it on. Cause they kind of did. Cause the way it sounds, it sounds like they did Cassandra Kane dirty. Cause I think they made her a villain and then everyone was giving the guy that made her a villain death threats and all that nonsense. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad you're liking it, man. I've, I never read it, but I do agree. Her costume did look awesome. Well, I, I mean, if people didn't like it, I wonder if they actually read it or if they just refused to because of that, what you just said. You know what I mean? Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you trying to tell me comic book fans are quick to judge things without really reading it? (laughs) Well, yes, I'm a fine example of that about, (laughs) you know, 15 minutes ago. (laughs) But anyway, that's just that's just my little fever dream. (laughs) I got you, man. But I think that wraps up the news. So let's take a quick ad break and then we'll talk about some comics. 
Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the ads. Casey, what comic books did you read this week? Well, this time I actually did celebrate Kai July, and I read Godzilla Legends. And it's written by, it's like short story, kind of like short stories of each, like separate monsters. It. It's kind of neat. I'll be talking about that soon. I was going to get the artist names and artists and writers names, but I don't have it written down. So sorry. Um, so I read Strike Force by Howard and Peralta, Justice League by Spurrier and Lopresti, Hulk by Ewing and Hawthorne, Strange Adventures by Tom King, Mitch Gerards, Evan Shaner, Empire by Al Ewing. Dan Slott, Valerio Chitti, Marty Garcia. <laughs> you butchered oh. Valerio Chitti's name. <laughs> I mean, more than likely. Uh, Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber did Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. And Dark Knight's Death Metal, number two, by Snyder and Capula. What did you read, man? I read Nightwing 72, Strange Adventures number three, and Death Metal number two. Nice, dude. You want to talk about Strange Adventures? I'll put those two aside so we can talk about them together. Like we're on yeah. a, like we have a book club or something. <laughs> this is a book club. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> we just record it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll talk about the Godzilla Legends first. If, I, if this app is going to work. Um this stupid dang dang old thing this is why you buy your comics kids uh okay so like i said it's multiple stories throughout and i'll talk try to talk about each of them little by little you know a little bit because i wasn't too impressed by this uh the first story is about angelus and it's the story is by matt frank and jeff Prezenkowski. And he Jeff did the script, and then Matt did the art. And Matt Frank is a great artist. I really like Matt Frank's art. It I was kind of realized this. He kind of makes me think of Todd Nock, and that's a, in my opinion, a great compliment. I wish Todd would do more Godzillas, <laughs> but yeah, it's but like the it the story is just not the best. Like you have it's really heavy on the people, and the people aren't written very well. So it's just kind of, it, it lacks a lot when they're, they're putting a lot of thing, you know, presence on like the people trying to help Anguilla's just, you know, defeat Destroya, which he has no chance. And they keep going back to, Oh, he has no chance. He has no chance. And then he ends up winning cause he gets some help. And yeah, it's, it, it's not the best, but the art's really good. The next story is about uh, Rodan. It's by John Vanken and Simon Gain does the art. And a thing about Simon Gain, he's done another, like he's done other Batman story or not Batman. He's done other Godzilla stories and his people don't look the best, but his monsters are pretty awesome. And he draws Rodan really well. And this is just all about, this guy, this Marine accidentally, like he just, he found a giant egg when he was hiking and he brought it back to the base and everyone got mad at him and they're trying to keep a hold of the egg and Rodan wants the egg. 
And yeah, it, like I said, it's not great. This, the next one, it's about Titanosaurus and it's by Mike Ratched and Tony Parker does the art. I don't think it's the Spurs legend, Tony Parker, but if it is, I like Tony Parker what even more. <laughs> <laughs> what dude? I, well, you answered. I said, what if it was, <laughs> but, um, the art in this one's really good. It does a good job of drawing the characters and it's neat because they actually have in this one, one of the reasons why I like it, even though this issue does make me really mad, it has uh, Mickey Segusa. I that's, I'm butchering her last name in it, but she's in this and she is a character from the Heisei Godzilla films. She's like kind of the only reoccurring person in those films. So it's really cool that they have her in this, but it's about this kid who has... Uh, psychic powers and he has a psychic link to the monsters and stuff and then it turns out the simians who are a showa era monkey uh alien guys like a lot of stuff has happened in godzilla movies they're turns out they're kind of like doing this stuff and they're trying to get these people to you know use the monsters and then it just ends, and they never once talked about this kid again. Like, he's been kidnapped by aliens. His parents are dead. Mickey doesn't know where he's at. And it's just, that's how it ends. You're like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so that really annoyed me. Um, and then this one, it the next one's by, uh, it's about Hedora the Smog Monster. I really love Hedora. Story and letters by Chris Mowry and art by EJ Sue. And this is just like... Mechagodzilla fighting Hedorah, fighting Godzilla, and it's they didn't do much with Hedorah, and it was pretty disappointing that way. Like, you could have done a lot more. Like this, especially now. Like that character is about pollution. You could just talk about that, and you know all that different stuff. But they're like, nah, we're gonna have him be an alien that shoots sludge, and he's gonna f- fight Mechagodzilla for most of it. It's just gonna be like a really, you know, big fight that's gonna not really amount to much. And that was about it. And then they kind of like tried to squeak something in, but it was just wasn't the best. And uh, issue five is by Bobby Kerno and art by Dean Haspiel. And this would be your least favorite one because it's about Kumanga. And do you know Kumanga? <laughs> the spider. Yep. The big old spider. This guy was ta- like he's like a crazy billionaire who's tasked with getting samples of Godzilla. So he has to like climb him like he's a mountain. And then Godzilla starts fighting Kumanga, who is a giant spider. And the art's pretty solid in this. I like it. But yeah, that was all of them. It was like, a, you know, over, like I was, I've been wanting to read this one for a while. It was kind of a letdown. And it's a shame that none of these stories really amounted to anything. But Bob Eagle, Eagleton did some of the covers, and his artwork is incredible. And then I'll, I'll talk about Strike Force and Justice League really quick because there's not much to say. Uh, Strike Force, it's one, this is one of those books where it's like such a cool lineup of characters that's just not, I just don't care. And it sucks. Like it's, it's like the characters in it, really cool. The execution of how they're written, not anything that I care about. And it, I, it's just been a struggle to read. And I'm, I'm telling you right now, buddy, I'm dropping it. I think, Ooh. yeah, it's just like, I, I just don't care. And I should, um, and then justice league 49, like, uh, this is, I didn't like the, how this story started. 
and you have Wonder Woman being like the only person that is making any sense here. Everyone else is kind of like, oh, no, we got to lead this this world of people. And then Wonder Woman's like, we need to kind of leave them to do their own thing. We're not, you know, rulers. And then all of them, you know, the, everyone else is just like not really thinking about that. And it, it's just it feels like a thing that would be in the Justice League cartoon. And it'd be one of those episodes that no one really likes. And this just doesn't work for me either because it's like, one, Green Lantern would know better. Two, Batman would know better. Three, Clark Kent would know better. Four, Flash would know better. It This is not a thing that they would do. Like, it's so out of character. And they're talking like, oh, yeah, we haven't been to Earth in weeks. Like, when they get back, it's just going to be fire everywhere. It, <laughs> it's so, it, it's just dumb to me Like that they're just thinking like, well, we locked up their 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 person we i guess guess we're the kings now so yeah i i'm not feeling this at all but whatever what's some of the what about you man uh okay so nightwing 72 this was written by dan jurgens and the art was done by ronan cliquette um, yeah, so I have not been reading this book for quite some time, so I don't know some of the characters. I'm picking this up because it's like a Road to Joker War sort of thing, and Punchline was in it, and I thought maybe this is the book where I'll think Punchline is cool. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you, it didn't work. But anyway, <laughs> so there's this gal, and her name is... Bea Bennett, and I guess she's Rick's girlfriend right now. She comes to Gotham and in a park forms a giant bat signal out of sticks and sets it on fire, which gets the attention of Batgirl. And Batgirl's like, or she gets dressed as Barbara Gordon and comes and talks to the chick and I guess the Bia knows Barbara, and she says, something's wrong with with Rick. I don't really know what's going on with him, but uh, he's acting real weird and tells the story um, about how the Joker showed up with, uh, with some kind of crystal that, uh, I, I, I don't know, I guess some sort of therapy where they were trying to get Dick's memories back. But anyway, Joker had this thing and was trying to hypnotize him into working for him, but it didn't work. Rick said that he he got the, the crystal away from him, a knocked out Joker in one punch, and shattered the crystal. And Bia didn't really fall for it, so she went and got Barbara's attention, and Barbara went to go look for him. And she runs into Rick. And Rick's like, no, I'm good. Everything's fine. But then Punchline shows up. And Barbara and uh, Punchline start duking it out. Punchline cuts Barbara's leg pretty good with a knife, which doesn't make sense because she's a college student who has had no prior training at all, but whatever. (laughs) I mean, she's seen some uh, YouTube videos. Right, exactly. Anyway, Rick stops her. And he's like, we had a deal. 
and Punchline's like, oh yeah, I forgot. And uh, takes some blood from her fingers and draws like a Joker smile on Rick's face as Rick is saying, Batgirl is mine to kill. And surprise, Joker did like mind control Rick. So Rick beats up Batgirl and uh, Punchline and, and Rick are standing there as Joker walks up and basically says it's it's a good or i wish bruce were here to see my family and then it says next dick grayson son of the joker so i don't know i mean the writing was fine and if if we have to put up with this rick stuff you know so be it at least like the dialogue was was fine and the art is good it's just, you know, it's as good as a story of Dick Grayson being mind-controlled by Joker and punching out Batgirl can be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but one thing I did want to mention that I thought was both funny and summed up not only my feelings, but potentially Dan Jurgen's feelings, too, is that uh, Batgirl calls Punchline a Harley wannabe and that she's not impressed. <laughs> and I thought that was funny. And I'm like, is that Batgirl saying it or is it Tan Jurgen saying it? But either way, it was funny. That is funny. Yeah, no, like, I, I was just thinking in my head when you brought up, um, like, you know, the girl talking to Barbara being like, so he, something's weird about him. She should have been like, yeah, he thinks his name's Rick Grayson and when his name's Dick Grayson. <laughs> he hasn't been right for a while. Exactly. <laughs> I'm guessing Dan is is like they're making him do this or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no. I Tom does. <laughs> um Okay, so my next book would be The Immortal Hulk number 35 by Al Ewing and and I actually liked this one. If you remember kind of like this takes place after the last like i think two issues ago when hulk killed zimnu or however you say that big furry dude's name and he ended up you know beating him and everyone's now like oh i remember you know the show and everything but i know it's all a lie now and hulk's a hero and they're all thinking hulk's a hero and so he does this pr event and I think Ohio, like this mayor in Ohio that Hulk had destroyed the city is wanting him to do a PR event. So he's there now. Like you have Hulk like holding this big old piece of wood, like talking, you know, and stuff. And then people bring up like they're trying like someone asks a question like, hey, last time he was here, he destroyed this city. And the mayor's like, hey, the Avengers attacked him. He didn't attack them. Bruce Banner was just trying to walk and then like hulk starts talking about it. he's like you're the avengers say they're my friend but they're not and he starts getting mad and he crushes the wood and then then he just kind of stops he calms himself and he's like oh sorry i didn't mean to mess this up i guess we can make half a house now and everyone's like ha ha ha, ha. hulk you're so funny and like rick who's supposed to be the one babysitting him is there but rick if like two issues ago is revealed that he's actually the leader and He's mad that like Hulk didn't actually blow up and, you know, decide to destroy everything again. And so then he goes up to Hulk and touches him. And when it does it, like this spark kind of happens. And then Hulk starts talking about how he's not feeling well. He needs to needs to leave. 
And then he's like, oh, help me. And then he just blows up, like literally blows up and kills everyone there. And that's how the issue ended. And it was pretty awesome. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how it goes. Cause like for a while with this series, I was just kind of tired of it. And this one's now kind of got me going like, hmm, wonder what's going to happen next. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm ready for something new, but I'm glad it's not the Devil Hulk anymore. I'm not wasn't too hot on that version. I didn't like the retcons that he was doing with that version of Hulk, but bringing back the Savage Hulk and whatnot—that's that's my bread and butter. That's what I like. Yeah. And then I'll talk about Avengers: Fantastic Four Empire number one. Yeah, like (laughs) there's some super screw. There's there's some. It's not. It's actually a pretty good thing. And there was a thought in my head when I was reading it, and I don't really want to like say anything without spoiling it. But you have the Kree and the Scrolls. They're teaming up, and they're headed towards Earth to destroy this planet or this thing. And um, Super Scrolls in it a lot. I think you'd like that. That's cool. And I like as I was reading it. I was just thinking in my head because Super Scroll was telling him like they need to do this and like all this different stuff. And I'm sure if you're a fan, like you've read only Fantastic Four Super Scroll stuff, you'd be thinking in your head like, yeah, can't trust this guy. He's a bad dude. But you and me, we both read Annihilation. Mm -hmm. and And like when I see Super Scroll now, I'm just like, you know, I don't see this guy just lying about stuff like that. Like, so I was like, part of me was like actually believing what Super Scroll was saying. Spoiler alert, what he's saying is true. <laughs> <laughs> and so like what makes you start off thinking it's going to be Scroll Cree, attacking Earth and all this different stuff. It's like, oh, there's something else going on and it's going to be something completely different. And so like that was neat. I wasn't expecting that at all. And I'm going to pick up the next issue. I mean... It, yeah, it's not cool. bad. I haven't read Dan Slot and looked at my watch years. <laughs> so, yeah. And did, were the other two ones that you read Strange Adventures and Death Metal? That is correct. Okay, now I'll just mention Super pa- Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen. The series ends. That's the only bad part about this issue. Uh, it's really funny. You have a lot of little stuff going on, a lot of little jokes have been going on throughout. And I'm going to say this. I'm not going to spoil it, but there is a thing that changes everything about Jimmy Olsen and Lex Luthor as we know it. I'll leave it at that. Remind me to ask you about it, because I think I heard and I want to confirm later. Okay. But yeah, no, you need everyone needs to read that book. That's all like so funny um are we ready for strange adventures yeah we're ready for strange adventures okay um nothing happened (laughs) i mean that was that's pretty much the issue right i mean not like we haven't progressed at all i mean all it really did was make um adam and his wife look very stupid and it was very poorly written yeah the art's gorgeous. it's just like be, mm-hmm, the art is great and everything but it's just like he 
Adam goes to Batman, who, first off, the fact that Batman couldn't do this investigation still makes zero sense. And then he, then Batman's like, oh, I'm going to put Trific on the job. Cool. Trific, do, you know, does it. And then he talks to him. And then now they're mad that they're being investigated because they're talking about his kid. And yeah, it's just, it just, it was, it was very dumb. And then they, it ends with them. Like it goes with them, like on TV being interviewed, talking about like basically how they're being investigated and stuff. And it doesn't make any sense. And then, then at the end, like they, they have pictures of Batman harassing her and all this other stuff. And it's just like, this is just, it, it was so stupid. Cause first off, Batman wouldn't be caught someone taking his picture. If that was the case, every newspaper in Gotham would have pictures of Batman. Mm-hmm. And that's not a thing that they have. So the fact that, you know, that's a, you know, that happened makes zero sense. But Tom King, as we have noticed, doesn't know how to write that character. So, okay, fair enough. But then just writing writing this writing these characters this way it just doesn't make any sense and it just didn't didn't work for me at all no i was incredibly bored i got to the last issue which was supposed to be a big gas moment and i just sighed in relief and picked up the next issue yeah it's just kind of I don't know why i'm reading it i it, really don't other than to just complain about it with you on this podcast I'm reading it because I like Adam Strange. And, like, Tom King just, he is a very high-concept writer. And, like, if you told me, like, hey, dude, Tom King is the new head creative person at DC, I'd be like, that's cool. Like, you'll have to come up with all these high-concept ideas, but he won't have to be the person doing it. So my stuff might actually end up being good. But with him just being a writer trying to write these things that aren't good now. It just doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. Well, so I'll let you take point on this next one. What'd you think of the death metal, man? I I thought it was cool. Just as cool as the first one, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And, and especially after reading strange adventures prior, like I did that on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, yeah. Death, death metal was the last book I read too. Cause I was like, I'm prepared to have my, you know, my, uh, my pants blown right off. Yeah. And that happened. Um, <laughs> after, after the first issue we see, and again, we're talking some spoilers here. Um, wonder woman killed the Batman who laughs at the end of the first issue. So now, uh, Wonder Woman, Wally, and Swamp Thing go to this like hidden base thing where basically they buried all of their like fallen friends that were heroes. And who is guarding the secret base? None other than the good old JSA. We see Jay, Dr. Fate, Alan Scott, and Wildcat there. They're looking pretty old, so I wonder if your theory about stuff getting reset happens, if it'll if it'll make them young again. But or younger so. anyway. Anyway, um it's pretty cool. Batman is there with his uh Black Lantern ring talking to zombie Jonah Hex, 
seeing who they can <laughs> resurrect to help in their fight against everybody, which is pretty cool in my opinion. And then Wonder Woman gives this new idea, this new plan on how to beat the Batman who laughs and Perpetua and all that. So Barry comes out of the speed force saying there's not very much left and he's down with the new plan. Uh, and then it cuts to, and, and maybe it's cause I'm not super familiar with the first metal. I didn't know what was going on with all these different Alfreds, but yeah, I'm not, I, I still haven't gotten through the first metal. Gotcha. Well, anyway, Al and Alfred puts the brain of the Batman who laughs into like Dr. Manhattan's body. And he be now I have a I have a quick question though cuz you might know what happened in Doomsday Clock since you're around comics all the time. How what happened in Doomsday Clock that led to Dr. Manhattan being, you know, to the point where they could I, put I the new the hadn't asked me brain because in. I I don't know. <laughs> I I read okay. like two issues <laughs> of Doomsday Clock and it was Jeff Johns and it took two years to come out and I quit reading it. So I got you. I mean, uh, I don't know. And I don't know. Maybe the first metal says what happened to Dr. Manhattan there. But anyway, we now have the bat Manhattan who laughs, which I think is a funny name. <laughs> um, but anyway, I mean, that's going to make him, crazy crazy strong right like way stronger than he was before um yeah but anyway he and someone at work had mentioned this too about there being a robin king so i wonder what's going to happen with that character making one of these creepy little demon robins into a robin king um but anyway, we, we see him start to change his form at the end into what he calls himself the Darkest Knight. I'm looking forward to that. I did want to mention real quick, though, in this week's DC books, they have a nice like two-page spread for uh, Denny O'Neill. I think that was really nice, what they, what they said about him in there. But yeah. uh, anyway pretty cool book I, i'm wanting to see like what's going on with superman and some of the other characters but this book's cool like i i've complained I a couple of times about scott snyder recently only doing like big huge things that is going to change the universe forever but this one's actually fun and i'm enjoying it i'm gonna say this too though it's like i'd rather have scott snyder doing this just insane Batman's a, a truck stuff versus Jeff Johns and Tom King trying to be like really highbrow and getting lost in their own butt <laughs> and not knowing what, you know, and not like actually doing something good. Right. We're like with this, it's just like, no, no, this Batman is a monster truck. Like what? <laughs> and it's good. Like Scott Snyder can, can do yeah. both things. Yeah. So it's, I, I, I prefer this to the other. I mean, like it, it really is though. It's also like one's an art house movie and the other one is a Michael Bay movie, but <laughs> with better dialogue. Yeah, for sure. 
All right. Um, and I, I, I bet you, really quick, though, you were talking about Superman. I bet you next time, like next issue, he'll be in it. Oh, you think so? Yeah, well, because they're where they talked about where they were going. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. Well, should we, uh, now that we're remembering, talk about what books we're excited for next week? For sure, man. I'm just mentioning three, but top of my list is Chew, spelled C-H-U instead of the normal way. I'm really excited for that. As soon as I heard about that, I've been pumped. Um, then, as always, I'm really excited about Flash, and I'm going to go with Daredevil. That one has been awesome every time it comes out. What about you, dude? Uh, I'm excited for Amethyst and Die, as well as um, Sonic and Last God. Really excited for Last God. It's felt like ages since that last one came out, so that's one I'll probably talk about a little more than like Sonic, which I always talk about. So that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Right on, dude. All right. Uh, Let's do a guess that first appearance. All right, Casey. Tell me the first appearance of Ultra Humanite. All-Star Squadron 23. (laughs) No, but fantastic guess. It was actually... Thanks, man. Action Comics... Number 13 in uh, 1939, actually. So he's been around for way longer than oh. I was expecting. I, Man, I remember when he debuted it. I was like, I need to buy this issue. And, you know, I just didn't get around to it. I, didn't, I was too busy working in that factory, you know. <laughs> uh, what's next? Fantastic well, Four? Yep. Fantastic four time. So uh, this one isn't very clever, but I have been watching a lot. of. I got not really. I, I'm all caught up on the old Doom Patrol show and I love it so much. And I was just wanting to hear your four favorites, your four favorite characters. OK. Um, I really, really like Robot Man. I think he's hilarious. And his story, like all of their stories are sad, of course, but like his has been kind of highlighted a little bit more than the others. Uh, so I sympathize with him a lot, but I, I think robot man's awesome as well as cyborg. I like him way more than movie cyborg. He's got way more personality Mm -hmm. and crazy Jane, just because like I said earlier, that actress is amazing and it's so cool to see Jane go through all of her, you know, personalities in a row. And I wasn't super hot on like Rita initially or even like Negative Man. Like they're fine. They're totally fine. But I think they're they're yeah. actually they're, there's like development going on there and we're learning more about them and I'm starting to like mm-hmm. them more and and Rita is like, you know, way less of just a crabby 
old witch <laughs> and and more yeah. of like a, a caring like competent teammate and and i like that yeah but honestly i For sure, i man. like everybody on the show <laughs> what about you yeah like um so like larry robot man he's he he's kind of like or uh, Cliff, sorry, I was getting the mix up. Cliff, Robot Man, he was one of the one. He's like the one that I'm like, man, he's just such a jerk all the time. Like he's hilarious, but like he'll just do things that are just such a turd thing to do that it makes me hard to hard to like him at times. Mm-hmm. But I really, I really like Crazy Jane a lot. Like she does jerky things, but she's crazy, so it's like understandable. And so I get that and. I like her a lot and I, I like Larry. Like I, f- I just feel so bad for him because you know, he even meets like the, that Russian cosmonaut and she can control her powers and she doesn't have to be bandaged, you know, bandaged up all the time. Like, Oh, she's fine with, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, man, poor dude. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, cyborg though would be my, my, my second favorite. Cause you know, he's hilarious he's cool and he's like an actual hero while the rest of them are kind of just like, they're trying their best, but I love Rita. She's my favorite really because like it started off. I did not like her at all because she was just so terrible. But like how you talk about like how her character's grown so much, it's just like she tries so hard to be nice. And sometimes she is bad at it, but she's still trying to be like a nice, good person. And so I really, I just, I really like that. And the only person that right now I'm, I'm not the fondest of is chief, especially after the way the last, uh, last episode ended. Right. I, I mean, I like chief. Okay. And I certainly like the acting that goes on with chief, you know, Oh, for sure. But yeah, he's clearly just a terrible, terrible person. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I also don't want anything bad to happen to him. And I, it's very conflicting. Well, like, he's a terrible person. But he's also, like, I don't have kids that I know of. But, <laughs> like, I can, I get his reasoning. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, he's doing this all for his daughter. So it's just like... Fair enough, dude. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, I think it's time we come to verbal fisticuffs again for the, the old cosmic beatdown. Heck yeah, dude. Who won the last one? Because I forgot to do a poll on the Twitter. I, I didn't do one either because there wasn't any point. <laughs> <laughs> You just wanted me to say okay, that you dude. won again. Get over yourself, Casey. I do. I I mean, I need this. <laughs> Who do we got this make you, week, Make though? you feel, you know. Uh, it is going to be Beta Ray Bill versus King Ghidorah, also known as Monster Zero, also known as the Astro Monster, also known as King Ghidorah as I will go between Ghidorah and Ghidorah a lot. All right. Is it my turn to start or your turn? Uh, I don't know. I'll let you, you can go first. That's fine. All right. So just to put into perspective on the old King Ghidorah's size, he is 
20,000 tons or 40 million pounds, which is the equivalent to 500 semi trucks or the weight of my respect for Jake. If he, you know, like if he weighs that much, that should be just be a sign of like how he's able to move around that much weight because he flies around a lot. He doesn't have arms. He just flies and walks. So that should tell you something about how powerful his wing arms should be. Uh, and he's probably around 400 feet tall because it didn't, didn't have an actual height for him. But in all of the comics, he is taller than skyscrapers and skyscrapers can be around, you know, a little over 400 feet tall. So I'm just giving him 400 feet tall. Uh, strength feats. He can smash through buildings with ease, whether he's flying or just walking, just kind of destroys them much like me destroying my nephew's Legos that he's worked all day on. He is shown to burst through mountains with ease. Also, he can pick up Godzilla and bite him, breaking his skin. Now Godzilla varies in size, but he's still about 10,000 tonner range, like in that area. So not light. Uh, he's also been able to grab Godzilla and lift him up into the sky, flapping his big old arm wings. Uh, some durability feats. Kiru, that's a Mecha Godzilla, unleashes all of its attacks on him at once. It only really annoyed him. And some of this stuff that he used was his Mazer Cannon that could pierce half a mile of granite with ease. Now, I don't know how powerful that is because I don't know really, you know, the the piercing ability of, you know, like, uh, that take goes into granite, but I'm assuming that's pretty impressive. He was shown to withstand the oxygen destroyer attack from Destroya. That's a molecule level attack, even though when it's used by Destroya, like in the movies and stuff, it's never been near as powerful as the concentrated version that was in the first Godzilla movie. So it's not on that same level as like what killed Godzilla, but it is still a, you know, shown to harm Godzilla. He has tanked Godzilla's atomic breath. In the half-century war, Ghidorah, it tanked Godzilla's breath also. And in that, Godzilla's breath hurt space Godzilla, who was said to be able to devour dying stars. And it didn't really bother Ghidorah. So, I mean, take it as it is, like with a grain of sand, because it's two different, you know, two different characters and all that type of stuff. And also, don't really know what being able to devour a dying star would have to do for your durability. And he has tanked multiple nukes in the megaton range. He briefly survived Event Horizon, which was a mini black hole. Spoiler alert, though, he eventually died. I'll let you talk for a bit now. All right. Beta Ray Bill. Oath brother to Thor. Um, worthy enough to wield Mjolnir. Was worthy enough that Odin summoned him to Asgard and gave him his own Asgardian armor and had the dwarves use some spare Uru lying around to make him his own hammer, which is called Stormbreaker. For some strength feats, he slams Stardust, who is a herald of Galactus, into a nearby planet, uh, drops on top of Stardust, and pummels him with a flurry of hammer swings into the planet, um, and basically blitzes Stardust, destroying the planet underneath of him. Um, he can use Stormbreaker to actually cleave through Galactus's energy blasts, and has managed to crack Galactus's armor with a, with a powerful enough swing. Um, 
with the, the help of Thor, he's lifted Asgard uh, completely, saving it from being destroyed. And um, in a fight with Thor one time, his blows were able to level a countryside. I know I, I probably should have said that before the whole planet thing, but you know. <laughs> um, for some durability feats, he tanks having a planet be destroyed underneath of him. He withstands being crushed clean through a planet by Stardust and survives the explosion of the planet as well. Uh, Bill has flown into stars searching for a weapon that was tossed in there by Nova. And he came back with the weapon in his hand being a little scorched, but was overall fine, even having casual conversation afterwards. Um, even while in a severely weakened state, Bill survives the explosion of a starship and re-entry into Earth's atmosphere and even crashing into the Earth. And like I said, he's, he can withstand a blast from Galactus that was powerful enough to scorch the face of a planet and also survives being slammed in between Galactus's hands and, uh, yeah, being inside the actual heart of a star. So I'll uh, let you take it away. All right. So speed. Uh, King Ghidorah is able to travel outside the solar system in a few days. That's all I really have for his speed feats. Uh, powers, though, he can fly because, like I said, wing arms. He has gravity blasts. They have been shown to be able to destroy skyscrapers. It took out Manda, who looks like a gigantic Komodo dragon. It's not really that hard to beat him. Like in his one movie appearance, he got destroyed by or beaten by like a submarine. So like that's not that impressive, but still his gravity beams can take out Manda. He is, you know, taken out Godzilla with it multiple times. He can guide meteors down to earth to wipe out civilizations. That's actually how he killed all of the dinosaurs. Um, and also he can bring in severe storms while attacking much like he did in Godzilla King of the Monsters. And with better Ray Bill being a horse, I'm sure <laughs> that these storms will scare him. <laughs> See your turn, buddy. Well, you know, funny you mentioned the storm because with Stormbreaker, Beta Ray Bill can actually manipulate the weather and can call, he's calmed storms. So, ha. Oh. <laughs> uh, some speed feats for Bill. Bill and uh, Silver Surfer um, have fought before while traveling in hyperspace at faster than light speeds separately. Um, Bill can also fly fast enough to escape the pull of a black hole and is able to bull rush stardust across an entire solar system. He can also create portals by rapidly spinning his hammer. He can teleport himself and others pretty much anywhere in the universe. He um, was also able to teleport an entire black hole far away from a planet so that the planet didn't get eaten. And then some abilities and miscellaneous feats that he has with Stormbreaker. Um, he kind of creates like a shield or force field by swinging the hammer around quickly. He's, you know, deflected Nova blasts as well as super scrolls fire. Um, 
with Stormbreaker, he has a, a slight healing effect that he can heal himself and others. He once healed Thor uh, using Stormbreaker's healing. He can create lightning with it. There's weather manipulation. Um, he can track energy signatures with it. Um, let's see. Sorry, my phone acted up there for a minute. Uh, yeah, and then some some of his more impressive fights. He has fought and beat Thor before. Um, I mean, that's that's how he was able to get his own. That's not hard to do. Yeah, okay, buddy. Uh, that's how he got his own armor and uh, Uru Hammer. He's fought Thor a lot, actually. Um, but he's easily defeating Storm Giants, other Heralds of Galactus, as like Stardust and Silver Surfer. Uh, and then, like I said, during the God Hunter story arc, he fought Galactus, cracked his armor, withstood the energy blasts. I mean, he was going insane. He's got some like cybernetics in his body to where they, they kind of put limiters on his power, but he is able to shut those off. And while he can take more damage, like severe damage while that's happening, he also outputs way more damage too. And so, you know, I think if it came to it, he would take off those limiters fighting Ghidorah. And if the guy can survive the devourer worlds and hurt him, I think he can take King Ghidorah. Yeah, I think that's a big thing, too. Um, I think since, like, King Ghidorah, I don't think has ever fought anyone who has, you know, let's just say, like, let's let's even say they're just equals and, like, better Bill isn't stronger than him. That's that, but then also, like, tiny. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I don't think, I don't think he'd know how to attack that. Like, at best, like, King Ghidorah would eat him and then get destroyed from the inside out. Right. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, like I mean, I, that's how I that's how I would see it in the, happening in the comics, anyway. You know, right? Like, oh no, better Ray Bill's been eight, and then just <laughs> <laughs> everywhere. Right. I mean, you know, all all of Bill's fights. Well, not all of them. Most of them are cool cosmic battles. You know, he's fought Surtur and and you know Galactus and all these cool people. I'd love to see him fight Ghidorah. It would be such a cool-looking fight, especially with, like, both of them hurling lightning at each other and stuff. It'd be crazy yeah. awesome. I will I will, I will, say this, though. If uh, Marvel ever gets the rights back to, you know, Godzilla and stuff, and that were to happen, Toho, there is no way Toho would let uh, Better Way Bill win. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. <laughs> but until then, I think he's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, I think I agree, man. I'll take that L. Cool. Got my first one. I'm I'm making a comeback. <laughs> Don't call a comeback, man. You've been here for years. <laughs> All right. Well, that leaves you with uh, with first pick for next week. All right. Well, I'm gonna go with Silver Surfer. Ooh. Okay. And. Who, who's who's your other one? Zod. Zod. And I'm trying to think of which of mine would be better fights here. 
I'll go. I'll go with Martian Manhunter. Nice. That's what I was hoping because I was like, I don't know how well Martian Manhunter. Like, I think Martian Manhunter would just beat Zod. Like, I don't think there's that much conversation <laughs> there. But this one should be fun. Right. They both have some just ridiculous feats, and I it'll be a good conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, guys. Well, that pretty much brings us to the end of the episode. So hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, if you would, please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash two worlds podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore podcast and Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And then please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. If you haven't already. Okay, man, we better get back to work before Benson finds out and we're fired. That's true. Bye, guys.